Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our guest, Cheryl. How are you doing today, Cheryl? Great. Thanks. How are you? Fantastic, as always. And uh, Cheryl and I were talking on text uh, about what she was doing, and she's into the world of XR. And I had to look that up because, like, what is XR? And apparently, the X is a placeholder for virtual, augmented, mixed, and then a whole bunch of other uh, things related to reality. So it's kind of all the different virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, and all that sort of stuff together. So I'd love if you kind of shared a little bit more about what uh, XR is, and then we'll get into why is it relevant and maybe some other discussions about it. So what what is XR? Like, if you can share a little bit of, of it from your opinion. Yeah, so uh, I guess XR is kind of like an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. It's actually an umbrella term over way too many R's. Like, okay. You know, there's augmented reality, virtual reality, which I think are the two most yeah. well-known ones. Um, there's also like mixed reality, spatial augmented reality. I could go into like the whole continuum if you want, or we can <laughs> skip that. But basically it's about like immersive 3D interfaces. Yeah. So when I was looking at it, I mean, virtual is the, is the stereotypical, you have those like goggles, glasses, and you're looking at it and you're in kind of this, this augmented reality. A lot of it is those pixelated kind of like Tron <laughs> type boxes that are around and augmented reality is more uh, when I came to think about it, it was like Pokemon Go, right? <laughs> you would go around the neighborhood, there'd be a Pokemon over there and it would be beside a tree, a bench in the park, that sort of stuff. Uh, mixed reality, I guess, is a combination. So, uh, and I was trying to figure out like, what's the difference between um, kind of the, the mixed reality versus augmented and, and VR and, and how do you, I guess you talked about it as a spectrum. But is there kind of clear delineations or is it, nah, I mean, it, it can be anywhere along, the, depending on where you decide to kind of break it up. Yeah, I mean, there's actually like this idea of like the virtuality continuum. Okay. So um, like this is like a, a real concept that um, I think it was like Paul McGrum and Fumio Kushino who like came up with the idea of uh, like this continuum of reality. So like on one side you have just regular reality, go outside, touch grass. (laughs) And the other side, you have like full virtual reality. Everything is, uh, you know, a digital um, version. Nothing is, uh, you know, part of your your actual reality. Um, So I think it is better to think about it as a continuum because I I don't think there's like a clear delineation between the different types. Um, Like, especially mixed reality and augmented reality, I think it's a little bit of a, a blurry boundary because like mixed reality is... I guess by definition, like a mix of augmented right. and virtual reality. Um, so yeah, it is really more of a continuum. Um, it, I think like some things are more obviously like fully on one side or the other, right? Like right. if you're wearing a Quest headset and you're fully enclosed, that's obviously virtual reality. Yeah. Um, but if you're wearing like a Microsoft HoloLens or something, you know, it's a little bit more on the, the boundary there. Right. So I almost put it into kind of three buckets, like the touch grass and there's nothing virtual about it, right? As you said, the, like, you have the full goggles, you might even have some like haptic gear or whatever on just to fully immerse yourself in there. And then everything else is in that middle where it's part of this, part of reality, part of whatever. And uh, it's in that continuum. Um, And I love if you chat a little bit about why is it relevant? Why should we even care? Because I kind of heard about it in the uh, era of blockchain and crypto and like, oh, it's going to change the world and everybody's going to be immersed in that. 
And folks had a little bit of blockchain and crypto went up and down, but it's not like everybody's paying through uh, blockchain and everything, sorry, paying through crypto and everything is on the blockchain. Uh, and then now there's AI, chat GPT, where pretty much everyone's trying to use it to, to write their resumes, cover letters or <laughs> anything <laughs> that they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So is it more of like the uh, kind of blockchain crypto hype or is it more of the uh, day-to-day like chat GPT thing or uh, somewhere in, in the middle? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that the interest in uh, XR kind of comes and goes in waves. I think, sure. you know, maybe a year ago or so, we had that one wave where everybody was somehow interested in metaverse real estate and yeah, blockchain yeah. stuff. <laughs> I think it was, uh, it was a little, I think it was very confusing for mm. a lot of people. Like e- even people working in some sort of like XR related field were a little bit confused by <laughs> why everybody was picking up on you know, the, the metaverse as some sort of like blockchain real estate combination blob. Right. <laughs> so uh, like, I think for me personally, I'm excited about XR as more of like an authoring tool, like mm. uh, a way of looking at things that you're designing or like things that you're creating. Um, so like a lot of companies, you know, if you're designing a plane or, you know, doing other CAD things, they're already using um, AR VR headsets to really like visualize what things look like uh, in 3D space so that right. it's all proportional. Um, so that's what I'm really excited about. Um, and I think a lot of the big companies are trying to get in on this uh, right now because it is really like the next iteration of the internet, right? right. Um, like I think the, the idea of the metaverse as like a connected set of virtual worlds kind of makes sense. Like when uh, these sort of uh, head mounted displays like ARVR headsets are a little bit more affordable or a little more discreet, maybe. Um, I think it is like very possible to be walking around down the street with your, you know, augmented reality glasses on and, you know, you have your, uh, notifications coming up, telling you about your day, telling you about the weather. I think that's very achievable. Um, and I think that's why a lot of the, the big companies are getting in on that because it's, something that is going to evolve at some point. Um, We just don't know when exactly it'll pick up. Yeah, so it's uh, on the horizon, whether it's uh, next month, next year, next decade. Well, it's always to be seen. And to what you said about the whole kind of uh, cash grab that folks were using for things like blockchain and crypto, a lot of folks had it in the kind of get-rich-quick scheme where if I can buy a plot of metaverse real estate, uh, just like the first people who bought like Lakeshore property uh, in Miami or whatever, <laughs> then they could make yeah. a, a boatload, but it haven't necessarily manifested in that time frame. But soon enough, again, it, it's time will tell when exactly it'll become mainstream, but it, it's on its way and it's it's in there. And, and I love if you chatted or elaborated a little bit on some of the, the metaverse kind of conceptions and misconceptions so so what is it what isn't it and and what can folks probably look forward to sooner versus later yeah i mean honestly i was on a like a career panel for high school students recently and they, somebody asked me about uh like whether or not i think that we're going to end up like living our lives out in the metaverse and i don't <laughs> think anybody is just trying to get you to upload your consciousness to the metaverse like right. matrix style or anything um i think it's just sort of like a new computing paradigm, like in the same way that like your phone enabled a lot of things that we couldn't do back in, you know, like 1995 with big blocky computers. Um, I think it's the same way where uh, like these ARVR headsets are going to enable like new ways of interacting with digital content that you couldn't do before. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like um, kind of 
what some of the, the movies depicted. So less on the whole kind of matrix you're plugged in, uh, or <laughs> and less on, or maybe at the, if, if you've watched the movie Ready Player One, where everyone kind of lives in this uh, kind of virtual world. And then the, the augmented is almost like the, the Marvel Tony Stark and Jarvis type of thing, where he has these things that he flips and manipulates and then ends up creating a whole bunch of different Iron Men. So there'll be versions and different iterations of that. And to your point about allowing different things uh, or different, capabilities to to be possible um, at your fingertips versus what would take a whole room of computers to do in the past. I think that's a good way uh, to think about it. Um, I'd love you chat a little bit about what, what's going on in, in terms of the industry, what sort of research is happening, obviously what you can share, <laughs> and, and maybe some of the collaborations that are happening in academia, because obviously you're doing your thesis on, on something related to, to XR. So if you can chat a little bit about that or kind of in generalities, uh, what are some of the things up and coming in the world of XR? Oh, yeah, actually, the thing that's really exciting about, like, I guess, XR as a field in general for research is that like there are so many components to it, right? Okay. So there's uh, the hardware aspect, like how do you fit more pixels into the little screen in front of your eyes for okay. a VR headset, maybe? Um, and then there's also more of like the human computer interaction side. So hmm. um, like some of the research that I'm doing is a little bit more on like how do you design interfaces that work well in VR or like right. what are the social implications of having this sort of um, like social VR or, you know, interacting with other people in VR and like, how is that different from real life? Okay. Um, so I guess uh, you asked a little bit about my thesis work. So right now I'm working on uh, another R in that continuum, <laughs> spatial <laughs> augmented reality. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's basically like augmented reality, except for you use projectors to like add things to the real world. Okay. So um, if you've ever seen, uh, buildings where they're projecting stuff onto it for a light show. Okay. It's almost like that. But for me, I'm working on it on a smaller scale. Um, and I'm basically looking at uh, how you can use uh, perspective tricks, actually, okay. uh, to kind of encourage people to move through a space um, when they're looking at these things from different angles. Um, okay. So yeah, it's a, a little bit different from other projects that I've done, but I'm still like mocking things up in VR because it makes it a lot easier to um, like mock up a big space without physically going up and, you know, changing projectors and uh, moving things around. Right. Yeah. And is that like related to like holographics and stuff like that when you talk about projectors and putting it on things, or is it still really a, a screen where it, it's not like the three-dimensional aspect or is, is hologra holograms and stuff like that on, on its way? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'm not personally working on holograms or anything. I mean, I did take a, a course on holograms at UT okay. in undergrad. <laughs> But like very different kind of holograms, like the kind that you like trap in glass. <laughs> okay. So for, for the research that I'm doing, um, we're projecting on different surfaces. So I guess okay. the idea is that uh, if you have like a virtual projector in a certain location, there's like an ideal viewing point where everything okay. just looks right. Um, so we're looking at how we can kind of manipulate that virtual projector location so that mm. um, if you're walking in a room, let's say you're in a museum exhibition and you see something that's like, uh, a little bit distorted. Um, hopefully you'll be able to recognize that there's some place that you need to move to, to see it in the right way. So kind of like sidewalk chalk art almost, um, right. you'll want to like walk over to a different location. Yeah. Um, so it's not just a flat screen. It's that you're using the space around you. Right. And a lot of the things that we talked about, or a lot of the examples we use are almost on the entertainment side, whether it be like video games or movies and, and things like that. But there are obviously a ton of applications outside of the entertainment world. Uh, 
Can you talk through a, a few that you're aware of that you've already seen and kind of where they are in terms of uh, accessibility to like the the everyday person? Like, because some things are going to be like way out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but some things are going to be like, yeah, you might see it rolling out in the next couple of months. Uh, are, are there any that you can share uh, in, in entertainment or outside of entertainment uh, that people can look forward to taking a part of uh, in, in the near future? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess like even right now, if you don't own a AR VR headset or anything like that, there are uh, VR arcades that are popping up. Sure. <laughs> I've noticed that there are a few like in Toronto where you know you go in and they have uh, some of them have that almost trackpad thing that you can walk on to right. to simulate walking, which is very advanced. Yeah, you know, definitely not something that you'd have at home normally. Um, so I think if you have never tried here, you kind of are curious. To see what it even feels like, you can definitely go to one of those places and try it out. Um, closer to like the consumer side, um, I think in terms of augmented reality, we're, we're already seeing a lot of phone apps. Like you mentioned, mm. Pokemon Go. Um, Google has that Google Maps thing where you can uh, look, you, like use your phone to uh, take pictures of, or I guess like take a video of where you are, and then it'll show you like arrows in real space. Um, okay. Yeah, they're like things like that that are more phone based that are like very accessible right now. Yeah. Um, but in terms of more uh, like AR VR things where you're wearing a headset, um, I think right now there are a lot of CAD programs, like computer aided design programs, where uh, okay. like you can basically sculpt in 3D, which is very oh. satisfying. Um, so like you don't have any of the sort of mess that you have normally when you're designing or like sculpting something, you just manipulate stuff in like with your hands or like with controllers in 3d in like real space um so yeah there there are a lot of things that uh are starting to be more accessible to the average person yeah that's awesome for for me i did try one of those virtual reality games we we put it on one of those haptic sets and and it was like a zombie apocalypse or something that we went through (laughs) they didn't have those trackpad parts they had basically a a room and if you went out of the boundary then on your headset it would scream like like don't go past like it'll turn like red so that you don't bump into a wall (laughs) that sort of thing but i would always be curious about that uh that trackpad thing because i don't know does it actually feel like you're running and like what could you do but that seems like it's it's uh quite interesting Uh, i haven't tried the, the google maps one right so i don't know if that's in limited release or i have to download something special but uh, it's definitely something that I could uh, take, see myself using the CAD programs and sculpting with 3D. When, when you say that, it's quite satisfying. Well, like, what do you mean by that? Because you, you have, well, I don't know. What are you manipulating? Are you, it's just things on in virtual space? Or like, what, what's satisfying about that from your perspective? Right? Oh, I think it's just that like um, some of the programs, like let's say it's Sculpt VR or something. Um, okay. You can really uh, almost sculpt clay in, in virtual space so none of the mess none of like the, the setup and cleanup gotcha. um and you can just kind of use your controller to like scale everything up and down you can you know extrude um push things in um i, I think it's just that you can create anything you want in vr uh without mm. uh limitations and you can scale yourself up and down i think it's satisfying because you know you really can control everything in that little environment that's great and you mentioned your, your thesis and you're working on a, a few things. Can you uh, share a little bit more detail in terms of like what 
it is like some of the applications that it, that it might have because you're talking about projecting on different spaces and things like that. Like, what are you trying to get it to do that that would be uh, helpful for uh, kind of an, an everyday person? Or maybe it's not, and maybe it's for a specific type of person, but what are some of the things that you're working on? Uh, yeah, so I guess like for this project specifically, we're thinking about uh, like basically helping people who are designing museums or like indoor exhibits. Okay. So if they have a projector set up already um, and they're trying to think about ways to move people through a space. So uh, like, you know how when you're in an exhibition, sometimes you have like these little pockets where people are crowded around sure. and you're not too sure where to move exactly. Um, we wanted to kind of uh, use these intentionally distorted images to get people to move through a space in like a controlled way or like a predictable way. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's really more of helping people who are designing these experiences okay. um, than the person using it. So is this part of the design process or is it actually in part of a live exhibit and that'll help people? Or is it both where you get a little bit of design elements and then once you've designed it, then there are these, I don't know, projected images that say like go this way or have, I don't know, a flowing river that makes you go this way, which means you go from left to right, right to left or whatever it is. Like, uh, Yeah. So I guess this is more of like a research project. So we're just talking about uh, like a set of recommendations for people okay. who are uh, creating these. Um, I mean, if I have time, it'd be great to make some demos to kind of like show what it could be. Okay. Um, but I guess that's not really something that you ship because like who has this ridiculous projector set up and like all <laughs> the calibrated like by contractors and stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And is it kind of like, I, I almost picture, well, not, uh, it, there was a one of the Spider-Man movie where they had all these drones that would kind of have holographic project. Again, you're not in the holographic <laughs> side, but they would kind of get people to do things and move things. So I picture in, in, in the near distant future, it would do something like that. But um, sounds like that where, where you're at right now, it's really still in the recommendation, the design phases of it, so that you're trying to model like how people move through the space and, and uh, make sure that there aren't these kind of uh, crowded, congested areas so that people can enjoy a museum <laughs> a little bit more, more freely than um, all of that. Um, so uh, we went through a little bit of, of what uh, XR is, uh, a little bit of what you're doing, it's, its applications. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about what you're excited for in the next little while, because uh, this is obviously the area that you're going to delve deep into <laughs> in your future career. Um, what sort of areas are you excited for? And uh, maybe if we kind of end off with... Uh, what could folks do if they're interested in kind of getting into the XR world? What are some of the things that resources they could take a look at or uh, things they could do? So uh, first, let's start off with what you're excited for in, in XR. Oh, yeah, I guess um, I feel like XR, like in terms of trendiness, kind of like went down a little bit recently compared to okay. maybe where it was last year. But I feel like I'm really excited that there are uh, more companies coming up with uh VR headsets, like for example, mm. the Apple Vision Pro just came out, or I guess the, the announcement just came out. Um, and I think uh, with more competition, with more opportunities for people to buy headsets on different platforms, um, I think VR is going to be less of a of a specialty kind of novelty experience and more yeah. like a, a viable computing platform where you know you can actually get together and like design something with your friends in VR, um, even though you're in different spaces like physically. Um, so I think I'm excited about uh, sort of like authoring side of it where mm. you can use it as a creativity tool. Um, 
yeah, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm excited to see where my thesis goes. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time left for it, but I think it's something new to try. Um, and uh, I think I'm glad that I have the chance to do it. Sounds good. And so it sounds like what you said before, it, it often starts with the hardware, right? Because if the hardware can't do what you want it to do, then the experience on the, the software or the authoring side isn't as good where uh, originally it was probably the hype around the, the whole Google Glass thing and obviously at the time crypto. And maybe it's been eclipsed a little bit by like ChatGPT and AI and what that could potentially do. But it's definitely there, especially with the announcements of things like the Apple Vision Pro and who knows who else is going to get into the the XR game as well. But once the, uh, I guess the hardware becomes pervasive, then it's just a matter of time for the authoring capabilities to see. And if you can literally create anything <laughs> in these virtual worlds, then yeah, there's all sorts of interesting things. And I'm sure uh, like with most things, like uh, thing, uh, the unfortunate thing is like porn, <laughs> probably the first to capitalize on stuff, which is uh, kind of, yeah, one of those things to, to consider. Um, but there's a ton of applications. I'm sure there's going to be a ton in like education, uh, entertainment. I've heard of ones where if they can uh, project, uh, I guess, let's say a sports arena or a concert experience and you immerse yourself and you're like, you're in the concert then why would you pay like $800 to be in the front row when everybody could be in the front row? <laughs> that sort of thing. So uh, that sounds uh, like potentially uh, amazing innovations. Um, and I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about the folks that are hearing about XR and are kind of interested in it. What could they do to kind of get into it, learn a little bit more, maybe some resources out there they can kind of explore? Do you have any of those that, that you could share? Yeah, um, I mean... There are ways to develop VR apps without actually like having a VR headset. So there are simulators okay. that you can use um, that let you even like use Unity, which is like a this game engine, right. um, which you would like. I use it to make VR apps, but um, you can actually like do that without having a VR headset. So there are options if you don't have one. Um, also, uh, there are frameworks like A-Frame that lets you uh, work uh, to develop things with like WebXR. So okay. this is stuff that will work on your browser, but you can also preview it in, or like actually like view it in VR if you like have a headset. Um, I think, yeah, like there, there are lots of opportunities for you to kind of get your feet wet and just try a little bit. Um, and you don't actually have to invest in buying a headset <laughs> if you're just a little bit curious. Sounds good. And does this require, are we at the stage where this requires someone with a, like a computer science, a programming, coding uh, understanding in order to to build these things, or is it at a point where well, no, uh, you need a little bit of a learning curve, but not necessarily as as much as like a CS degree. Yeah, I think you you definitely don't need like a full CS degree to do a lot right. of this. Like, uh, I think some of the three D geometry stuff it, it kind of helps. Um, but like for example, A Frame, there are some like basic things that you can do without a lot of coding. Um, they have like a web interface that you can use if you want to just drag things around or like take a template and just edit it a little bit. Okay. Um, so you actually don't need that much coding. Um, it would be great if uh, there was something available that made it easier for people to make VR apps without any coding. But, uh, you know, I'm sure there's somebody working. I'm sure there's a startup somewhere who's doing that for right sure. now. <laughs> Maybe I just don't know about it. Yeah, for sure. Just like in the days where you had a website and someone needed to actually code like the text HTML, but now everything's like kind of drag and drop and like pick from a menu of options. We'll get to there at, at some point, but uh, I think that's a little bit off in the future, but it looks like that uh, it's 
pretty close. And, and there's any moment now, uh, once the hardware is out, uh, software will, will catch up and then who knows where people's imaginations will, will go. Um, is there anything else that you want to share about kind of uh, XR, uh, misconceptions, what you're excited about or anything else that, that we haven't covered as of yet? Hmm, I, there's, I feel like this is such a, a long topic. Like, we could like <laughs> talk for hours about this. Um, I don't know. I think I'm just excited by how quickly the field is moving now. Um, honestly, I feel like I'm going to watch this video back in like two months and, and think, oh, hmm, was that completely right? Or, you know, <laughs> oh, I just found like a, a better way to code up VR apps without actually coding or yeah. <laughs> do something like that. Um, yeah, so I think I'm, I'm just excited by uh, how many people are starting to get in on the field. Um, like, not, not just in uh, in terms of making authoring tools, but also, you know, entertainment. Like, you mentioned the virtual concerts. That's actually something that people were doing during the pandemic. Hmm. <laughs> so when uh, everybody was locked down, they would have, like, virtual concerts in VR. But I don't know. I, I don't think it was the same. <laughs> yeah. But uh, maybe the tech will get better to the point where it does feel almost the same. <laughs> Right, where you increase the number of pixels in front of your eyes and like the whole haptic experience where you can almost feel like the energy of the people around you. I, I don't know, something something to that effect and like the roar of the crowd and like high fidelity sound and and, and uh, the, well, whatever's past 4K, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure it, it'll evolve quickly. And uh, yeah, maybe what you said about or what the person asked about on the panel maybe we will be living <laughs> in this virtual world there sooner or later but hopefully there will still be enough of us that kind of pull ourselves out and connect in person in life and uh, there it is truly that that continuum <laughs> and there is still a little bit that in real life stuff that that stays but uh thanks so much cheryl for uh dipping our toes in the water of XR and kind of sharing a little bit about kind of the fundamentals. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look to catch up as your uh, XR career progresses and see what else is uh, going to be out there. And maybe you're right. Maybe you, uh, well, miss some of the timing, but uh, eventually it'll all catch up. So thanks, uh, Cheryl, for sharing your insights. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. Yeah, thanks so much. I mean, you know, I'm not an expert or anything, but like, you know, I always <laughs> love talking about this. <laughs> yeah, so thanks yeah, so much for having me. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of this is just sharing what people are passionate about, uh, what, what they wish they knew earlier. Uh, and uh, yeah, for any of the, the young Cheryls out there looking to get into XR, <laughs> then take a look at some of the resources there. So thanks so much, Cheryl. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Okay. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.